pulled up, made my appearance. You can't sit with us without clearance. That lame shit, never let it near us. And your girl will choose my team because you still living with your parents. Flexing on the gram with your paycheck. Stop showing off them bills, you ain't paid yet. Tour 101, this ain't made yet. My gang never playing like we came off the same jet. I'm gonna need a section because we trying to make them Hi, readers. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Audit, where we review reality TV and talk about all things pop culture through a contemporary and critical lens. What exactly is a pop culture audit? Very easy to explain. We take a deep dive of pop culture source material. In this case, we're going to be talking about Keeping Up with the Kardashians Season 1, and today we're talking about Episode 2. We're going to comb through it, highlight some cringy and important historical moments in pop culture discourse. If you're into that, you found the right place. If you're not into that, you're still in the right place. You'll just learn something different. My name is Keila Johnson, and I must do a fact correction from our last episode. I am, in fact, a millennial. And I want to introduce my fabulous co-host. Keila, what did you think you were? You were part of Gen Z. Listen, I knew I was a millennial. I just misspoke and it made it sound like I was denying being a millennial. And I'm <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. I just, I just no don't reason want anyone to be, to be in my DMs arguing with me. I was wrong. I'll just say that. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'm also a millennial. This is Jasmine, your Southern girly, coming on in and breaking down this uh, Kardashian episode and talking about some pop culture moments later on in the show. So I'm excited to get started today. Passing it over to Bryn. Hello, friends. This is Bryn, and I'm here to do our episode recap. I'm here to be your fresh eyes on this KCU, Kardashian Cinematic Universe, because I'm new to pop culture, and my friends Keela and Jasmine are my pop culture guides through this journey. So I'll be recapping the episode, and then towards the end of the of this episode, um, asking them to explain and break down some key pop culture moments for me in the larger discourse. I remain a millennial, but I identify as a cusper and kind of all things, both astrologically and generationally, because I'm like a millennial Gen, Z, Gen X cusper. Keila, I feel like that applies to you too. I feel like you're on the you cusp. Gen X or Gen Z? Gen X, girl. I think she's... Gen Z, she's Gen Z. I'm saying no. we're on the opposite ends of the cusps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm think an it's because I have siblings. I have younger siblings, and so I can't. Like I think when you grow up with younger siblings, or at least maybe the way we grow up. This is this is for therapy. This is not for. You. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to it. Here's yeah, the yeah, work yeah. I can do. <laughs> All right, let's dive right in, y'all. We are on season one, episode two of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So this is a fresh hell we've entered. Uh, and this episode is entitled Managing Mom. It is 23 minutes long. And I'm just going to say I'm going to do a deep dive on sort of recapping the major moments of the episode. But thematically, what we're looking at here is this is meant to introduce Kris Jenner and her – I mean, I think it's sort of a trademarked word now, right? Momager. I think it might literally be trademarked. Yes. Um, and so the goal of this episode thematically is clearly to introduce this mom in the early aughts who's doing it all, trying to have it all, uh, and all of the things that she has on her plate. So it's very Chris-focused. Uh, and I'll say, from my limited perspective, very, very staged and phony throughout. So sort of keep that tone in mind as we go through it. 
The first line in the show, as we like to bring up, is my career is super busy. And that's from Kim. So just to set our tone, Kim's career is super busy. So this episode starts off focused on Kim's hectic and busy career. And then tonight, her mom has booked her to be to walk in a fashion show. Chris comes over to Kim's condo. And I have to say that it's too nice for a 20-year-old. Like her condo is too nice for a 20-year-old, but it's still like a very normal condo, which I found really refreshing. It was like, I mean, this place was probably 350K in 2006, which in 2006 was probably extra. And now when we know where Kim is now, it's just sort of a grounded thing to see um, these like contractor grade granite countertops in a galley kitchen. (laughs) Chris comes in with a bottle of wine and says, Kim doesn't drink, so I have to bring my own. Audit girls, I say this is a Bryn moment. That perks up my ears because anyone who knows me knows that I don't drink. And so I'm always intrigued by folks, especially someone like Kim who's in this sort of party culture who doesn't drink. So I'm going to be watching this as we go forward. Kim is getting her makeup done, uh, kind of sitting on a on a stool in her contractor-grade granite kitchen. And she tells the camera, my mom is my manager and I love her to death, but she's overwhelming. So that is our theme. It has been established. Overwhelming manager mom. So the group goes to the fashion show. There's tourists taking pictures. I have to say the tourists look very unsure of who the Kardashians are, but they're just taking pictures with their disposable cameras because there's a camera crew following them. So that's kind of cute and heartwarming. Uh, There is a piece of poster board at the fashion show that says Celebrity Fashion Show. It's written in Sharpie bubble letters with a big arrow. So it's not very (laughs) impressive. We're starting to pick up on the fact that this fashion show might not be New York Fashion Week that we've attended. In fact, the show is a disgrace. It's disorganized, chaotic. There are no celebrities. (laughs) And the family is all mad and hungry. Scott Disick says there aren't any people, the only people who aren't starving here are the plus size models. So that's going to give you a cringy moment. Now we know who Scott is, besides being a Gemini. Kim doesn't want to be unprofessional, but she can't handle it. She ends up bailing on the fashion show. And they all blame Chris for booking this show in the first place. So there's our conflict. We're going to cut to a family moment with Kylie and Caitlin. It's all very staged. And then Chris and Kim pretend to fight about a scheduling mix-up. I do have to also interject here and say that Caitlin is by far the most natural person being on camera. So Chris is booking Caitlin on speaking gigs, and she only recently started booking Kim on things. So this is what we're learning about sort of the dynamic of the family, that Chris has been booking Caitlin uh, to do sort of inspirational professional speaking, and now Kim has come into the fold, and these two people account for all of Chris Jenner's clients. We watch a Caitlin montage of laundry, household chores, and a very graphic visit to the vet. Uh, they somehow managed to tell a sex joke about Kim that's entirely inappropriate. And then we finally understand that Smooch, the children's boutique, is owned by Chris and Courtney, and it's in the same strip mall as Dash, which is owned by all the girls. So now we sort of have that established. One strip mall in Cal- Calabasas. Smooch is a store with Chris and Courtney. Dash is a store owned by the sisters. So we cut to Dash. The sisters are shit-talking their mom as a manager. They think Kim should look into getting a new manager. 
Meanwhile, Chris wants to give Caitlin a break from all these household chores. She decides it's time to hire a nanny. Back to Kim, she's taking manager meetings at her mom's house because Chris is supposed to be at the store all day. That seems like a good idea. But Chris comes home in the middle of these manager meetings. Awkward. Back to Dash. They unpack the manager situation. Kim doesn't want to fire Chris, but she thinks she should scare her. So she puts Chloe up to going to tell Chris that she's about to be fired. This does not go well. Chris gets really mad. She changes her outgoing voicemail on her answering machine. So remember, there's answering machines. To say that she's no longer Kim's manager. Then she storms off. She misses a call from Sony. Cut back to the house. It's new nanny day. Brie, the nanny, arrives. She seems to be about 17 and is wearing a pink nightie and has long blonde hair. She looks a lot like Baby Spice. Cut to Kim, who is blowing up with people trying to book her. Where is her manager? At the spa. Meanwhile, back at home, Operation Nanny is missing the mark. Brie is sleeping topless by the pool one minute and then smoking a cigarette and cut off shorts the next. Caitlin is not happy. Chloe goes to the house. She meets Brie, who she says is from Hookers Are Us, and calls her mom and tells her a whore is watching your children. Chris finally comes home. She meets Brie. I want to sidebar here and say, I love Brie. I think she's amazing. I want to know everything about where she is now. So I'm just bookmarking that. We can start to hunt down Brie. Chris does not like Brie. She fires her. They decide they don't need a nanny after all. Kim and Chris sit down to have a heart-to-heart. Chris is already crying. Kim said she's gotten 47 calls today. They figure out their issues while the whole family beats the shit out of each other behind them. And that's the end. That was beautiful. (laughs) That was really beautiful. All right. You want to hop into it? What's your audible moment from that? Okay. My biggest one is that we have been introduced to the business lore within the Kardashian universe, meaning that Kim is busy, like she's working. I remember watching this, like when it was first coming out, being like, I don't know what she does, but popular girls are working very hard. They're working (laughs) so hard. She has appearances. She's doing things. She's in this fashion show. And that, like labor like this narrative of working for their career is planted in us now that Mm -hmm. goes through the whole thing right and I just I feel like that was such maybe I have a hard time catching when things are staged but I just felt like that really encapsulated Kim really was serious about capitalizing on the popularity post sex tape which I feel is something very common in the KCU narrative moving forward but she is the girl is working Um, And I would say that to circle back to another point Brent brought up about the drinking. So a lot of celebrities actually do not drink. And I'm curious about the timeline because there is a very popular meme of Kim downing like a handle with the spigot. I don't even know what that thing is called. That bartender, like there's that little spigot that the bartenders use to like pour your thing. Yes. Like there's Uh a very popular meme with her and a handle in the club, like looking just gooped that she had to take this shot and so I wondered this timeline but there I would love a graph about the correlation of celebrities who were when I say workers I mean people who are always getting collabs always on the street always being photographed always everywhere and the non-drinking 
lore. Also, 47 calls in one day. Give me a break. Even <laughs> if it was just spam, that is an that is an absurd amount of calls. But I guess back then they weren't texting and like I, I they weren't texting the same way or like DMing on Instagram. So I guess that makes sense, but like holy cow. And these these 47 calls had to come at a point where Chris had changed her voicemail. So then Kim was getting them after. Okay, Brent, thoughts? You seem you seem like you have a counter opinion here. It's a lie. It's a lie, Keila. Nobody got no 47 yeah. calls. No it's a total yeah. fabrication. The she same way that not drinking is because I do believe that Kim Kardashian doesn't drink often. But to say that she doesn't drink is also a lie. And for people who really? don't drink at all, it's different right. to say I don't drink often or I don't drink at all because she does drink. We've seen the same things you have. Um, and, right. and there's several – I know of several notable moments where she's completely off her ass, wasted. So the 47 calls <laughs> is a lie. She, she Two calls maybe, right? Max. No one's – if they were blowing her phone up like that, she would have been who she is today a lot faster. And so <laughs> that's how you know that is definitely not the truth. You for think? Sure. There's, there's 100%. something 100%. There's okay. something happening here about the work – narrative because she is always doing something is she getting books for these appearances absolutely but well there's other stuff like she's about to this is before sugar bear hair the diet campaign there's a lot of just like stuff true but like I, i was watching it thinking like why did why was she getting calls at all like what did we outside of being paris hilton's like cute best friend at the time like why was she such a hot girl you know I know she had the sex tape and stuff like that but even before keeping up with the Kardashians I didn't know about her sex tape I knew about you know Pamela Anderson and yeah, uh, Paris Hilton you know what I mean like yeah. so I was watching it like mm, how did, how did this happen <laughs> okay you know? but y'all, this is a peak part in U.S. history where media and our relationship, not you laughing, and celebrity are changing. Like this <laughs> is around the Britney Spears breakdown, the way that yes. – So I'm particularly aware of this subject because I just finished um, Spare, Prince Harry's book or former Prince Harry's book. Oh, and yes. the way paparazzi were obsessed with the girlies at this point, like there were a lot of people who weren't like – Lindsay Lohan wasn't making movies anymore, but she was all over the place. Yes, Britney that's Spears true. was kind of giving us albums. Paris Hilton, debatably, Simple Life had ended and was still getting bombarded. Like yep. the way we were obsessed with particularly women, mm-hmm. non black women, was strange and all consuming. That's true. It was, we were all in at this point. Um, but yeah, no, 47 calls. I don't buy it. Oh my stagey, gosh. stagey, stagey. Wow. I'm the only believer. <laughs> yeah, you are. No, girl. They take self-made to the next level because they invented their own fame as a self-fulfilling prophecy. But it could also, like, I'm not saying it's 47 unique <laughs> identifiers. You think it's spam. You're like 10 of that, 10 calls were at 10 least spam. was like early edition no. sugar bear hair. Then five were from the same one man at the club. Like no, that kind of thing. Like no, it was ma'am. just the urgency of it's it. It's not. I'm sorry. This is your sheltered upbringing no. showing up in like real time. <laughs> this is not. This is not real. I also say no. out of girls that your friend Bryn worked in reality television for a while on the production side. So the way that I am jaded and 
know every single thing to be a setup is extreme. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is kind of a reveal to me. This you... is. I'm, I'm shocked, Keela. Yeah, I thought I'm you shocked. would be all dialed into the because I feel like this episode was more set up than the last. The last you felt the thirst, right? I said that. Yeah. And this one's like you felt the stage. So uh, maybe those are the themes that I'm picking up. But Keela, I'm surprised. Oh my God. I just, I have full faith in, I shouldn't say faith, but I, you know, I'm like, I'll believe your side of the, I'll hear your side of the narrative. That's such, that's the Libra in you. That's what's going on right now. And Ken is a Libra. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. aside from like the black, like the proximity to blackness. Well, there's other stuff, but the point is I, I want to see, I want to see the story. Girl, what did you audit this week? I... I was one of my audible moments was the fat shaming at the fashion show. Let's like, go. I was like, I cannot. I literally wrote down. It's crazy to think that there was a time where this was openly okay, right? Because that's gonna have all the shaming and all that stuff that's happening, no matter what. You know, shout out to Wendy Williams' kitchen table talk. But to be so open about it with cameras in your face and Scott saying like the only people that aren't hungry or whatever are the models and. And then to watch them laugh at like the plus size model, um, you know, it was just, it was alarming being from the, like it, living in this era, watching that on TV. I was just like, what, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, that was like one of the, the things. And then also to um, just in general, the fashion didn't do anyone any favors. <laughs> I loved I all mean, the sequins. I loved a sequin gown. That the sequin oh. gown had H. The platinum and gold sequin gowns. So that was on my note. Kim oh. wore se- platinum sequin gown to the fashion show, and in the opening, Chloe's wearing a gold sequin gown. Hot the waist sequins choking us, choking us. A hot. Uh, when I say a hot mess, so <laughs> I also have here. I in all caps. I really hate the fashion in this era. The flip-flops, the baby doll dresses, the oversized jewelry. Did you see what uh, Chris was wearing with that horrible oversized cross? Like, Yes. And the sad part about all of this is I was wearing all of it. Every single thing I remember. And I do it again. I would not. I do it again. That is the most embarrassing era of fashion for me personally. No. No, 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 no. (laughs) I can't believe you like that. So I love readers. My name starts with a K. I love the letter K. <laughs> I love it. I had big K's in my room. When I saw the K necklace in this episode, mm-hmm. I felt spiritual euphoria. I still, I have a nameplate necklace. I have a K. I love, no one can convince me the little K is not iconic. Like I just. Hilarious. I love Hilarious. it. I love it. I'm waiting for it to come back. I'm I'm so happy that we have I feel like we have at least 10 years before. I, I don't know. Not this if will I can help it. <laughs> I will say that your love for K is mirrors my love for J. Don't um, you just think, love it? I also think that we need to like this is we're uncovering something about you and I that we could talk about mm, offline. Therapy. Um, mm, yes. <laughs> Letters. Um, Bryn, do you have a love for B? No. But okay, everyone wants it's not to put cute. one on me. They Okay, well, fuck you. First of all, <laughs> it, has to be, it has to be discussed. This there are sexy letters and there are non-sexy letters. Sexy letters. K, 
Yeah. Jen, I is not I is not a sexy letter. I is not it. I is no. not it. No, but no, 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 no. Jay, cute. Every time yeah. I see it, I'm like, amazing. Yeah. When I moved in with my partner, a- I had to get rid of a big K. It I still want- hurts me. Wait, hold on. Bren's face right now is... <laughs> Her face is... <laughs> I mean, no, I think B is nice. I think B is a good... I think it's that's a, a good one. It's a letter. You can, mm-hmm. you can go uppercase B or you can go lowercase B if you're trying to be cute. I don't think you should ever do lowercase. I don't case. think you should ever do lowercase B. No. Holy shit, y'all. But no. B is... Call me Street, but the letters for me... <laughs> letter of the day is always going to be K. It... Mm-mm. It's so it just does it. This era of fashion, anything goes. Like the That's baby doll dresses, the flip flops, the, the sequence. This oh, I loved the sequence. Oh my gosh. Every week I think until we get out of this era, I want to have a moment of silence for the freaking eyeliner. Like it was just <laughs> so bad. We it was so I'm cringing the whole time. Like it was really <laughs> And it wasn't just them. It was everybody, it was everybody during Robin that time. And Do you oh, remember oh, I have a note the about point her. where Courtney was so brown? There, she wasn't in this episode a lot, but there was one flip over to her and Courtney looked brown, which was notable because she wasn't orange. And that mm. that is a, also a time of the era. Hmm, interesting. I didn't, I didn't notice that. I do have here like Robin Anton was always in the mix. Like why she was she was. at this fashion show with them? Did you notice? I of course I did because like, what it was is she all doing? about girls being seen. It was about seeing and being seen in that time. That's why club appearances. That's when I when I say Kim is working. She was always outside of the house. Oh yeah, she and she admits that to this day. Yeah, I do. I do have one more thing um, just to wrap up my fashion show observations. I have smoking in the <laughs> smoking in the elevator exclamation point dash Scott. Like I, I saw him smoking in that elevator and I couldn't breathe sitting on the couch. I was like, I screamed. Why, is, why is everybody just talking through the smoke? Like it's fine. I was just like, ew, ew. It was so, very 1920s Paris. I was surprised. <laughs> so, so chic, right? They didn't no. throw him out of the hotel. Like you couldn't even, smoking was more popular back then, but you still mm-hmm. couldn't smoke inside that's what i was thinking i was like could we smoke inside back then? no and why didn't the alarm not go in off? california no california. Oh, yeah. in the in elevator california. i'm surprised yeah. i'm surprised mm-hmm. Given all right a lot of foreshadowing about scott's villain status <laughs> it's villain era bad boy <laughs> for sure um okay so then i have just another audible moment and then it's just this exclamation point in front and behind by the way the nanny so again with the smoking of the sig um the tanning topless Mm -hmm. i said they were scraping for content like i mean the scraping of the content was so real there um it was funny but it was just again to bren's point so staged bren Please speak to the class. Keela. Yeah. Do you think that nanny was a real nanny? No, but here's here's what I want to say about this. Y'all are doing this to troll me, but here's what I want to say about this. I'm sad. I know like slut shaming was very cool back then, but I'm sad because so many things. First, I, I really liked Chloe. 
throughout the show, even though she says out of pocket things. This is an example of Chloe being out of pocket because people are going to say the same things about all of the women in the house moving forward. And I was Mm. so disappointed that they're talking about her having her titties out. And I'm like, y'all are about to do that every day. Ma'am, like this whole family is capitalizing on a sex tape and they have the nerve to say someone else is from Hooker's R.S.? That was like so (laughs) – Chloe went in on her. And I was like, is this – is this what you should be doing right now? No, it's not. It's inappropriate. But always – it's also inappropriate that she would show up like that. She would be smoking a cig. This is her first job. Candy topless. Came from nowhere. They told her too. The producer said, here is what you're putting on before you walk into the shot. It felt like the producer's niece was available to shoot. And they said, come on, Heather, let's get down here. And she came from Laguna Beach and then they just shot. Like, where is she now, though? Because she was way too comfortable. I was thinking the same thing when she was, as soon as she popped on the scene, I was like, where is this woman? We should do a where are they now? That's bonus content, Raiders. Yeah. Okay. So those were the audible (laughs) (laughs) Kardashian (laughs) moments this week of this episode. That's all I got. Can I give you one last moment that I've been thinking about? What's up? Okay. This is a Ryan Seacrest production. Like this is one of the last eras where they do like the, the, what is it? Like the production shot right before the episode ends. Mm -hmm. So I Googled it naturally. And did y'all know Ryan Seacrest produced Chloe and Lamar, Courtney and Kim take New York, Courtney and Chloe take Miami, Shaws of Sunset for my Bravo people and married to Jonas and more like Ryan Seacrest was behind so many of these. It's just fascinating. It also fascinates me that he was not behind like the spinoff in the Hamptons. So he didn't do all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. There's just the ones I listed, but that's really fascinating of like Ryan said, I see star power here. Let me produce this show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember I thought he was behind all, anything and everything Kardashian. So I'm really surprised about that Hampton thing, but I had no idea about Shaws of Sunset. Me too. I'm gooped. You know what? And this is just like, we'll talk about this another time, but I remember when Shaws of Sunset had like first episode season one, I was in LA at a party and they were all there. (gasps) We'll talk about that. I mean, it was just like interesting to see them walking around and well, I have to interject with breaking news. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, please, what? please. Well, I've been researching while you've been talking oh and I have God. an article here from 2015 and it says, meet the porn star who once babysat Kendall and Kylie Jenner on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <gasps> what? You know why? Sitting down for this one, Brie Olson, porn star and former goddess of Charlie Sheen, recently opened questions. up about how she was cast as Kendall and Kylie's babysitter during the second episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians with her talent agent, not with a babysitting service or anything. I got hired to go on the show. I don't remember all the specifics. My agent dealt with everything and I just showed up. But I grew up babysitting like most girls do and I really did babysit Kylie and Kendall and that is not a joke. What? Yeah. And then she's saying they they told me what to do. They told me to go through Chris's stuff. They told me to put on her jewelry. Of course a they porn did. porn star and Charlie Sheen's goddess. Do oh we remember gosh. Charlie Sheen and his tiger yes, blood? Yes. How we see it. Denise Richards. Yes. Yes. Oh so that's God. what Bree is doing now. Oh I hope my. she's having 
a good life. I'm okay. We should still invite her to the podcast. That would be hilarious and love to have you on the podcast. Yes. I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear from you. All right. Okay. We're going to switch over now. That concludes our audit of of episode two. I do have to go on the record and say I'm still on Melanin Watch, y'all, and I've got a big old zero. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) We have not seen the twins. We haven't seen Reggie Bush yet. No. No one one black is. See nothing but pails. Um, well, now, okay, I have a, I have a running list of things I'm curious about in pop culture, y'all. And you've mentioned a couple of them, honestly, in our, in our lead up here, you mentioned a couple of them. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick this one because I think it ties back into what we were talking about earlier. Help me understand this resurgence of Pamela Anderson and Tommy. Okay. Here's what happened. Oh, that was the retelling of Pam and Tommy's relationship, but they didn't get Pamela Anderson's consent. So they just told it from the perspective of Tommy. It is Lily James and Sebastian Stan in it. And she like has all these, they both have like prosthetics on and everything. So then the show comes out. I don't think it did as well as they wanted it to do. And Pam was like, I didn't consent to this. Like, I please don't ask me about this show. So then Netflix got a contract to make a Pamela Anderson documentary. And so now people are talking about Pamela because her documentary is supposed to be so poignant and so thoughtful. I actually really want to watch it. Um, and so human talking about her. And I think people don't realize like how genuine and like thoughtful Pamela Anderson is and how like how lucky she has been in her career like a lot of the stuff that happened to her and her rise to fame was like she was truly just there at right place right time so that is why she's trending again because she had a story told about her that was cool for a while um and then now she gets to tell her story also Kylie Jenner was her for Halloween and then Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox were Pam and Tommy at one point too so it's like the lore just never died and now the lore's back up because she gets to share her side of the story mm-hmm. which is good for her yeah it is might as well take control of the narrative might as well take control it must be so cringe to have this person that you loved so much tell a story about your life and not have any input like to say no and for them to move forward without you is just hideous. also can you imagine like a time in your life when you were dating a guy it ended and now people are you guys for halloween i would <laughs> like, i would move imagine? to space jasmine and i have talked right. about this if we no i'm moving to space mm-hmm. a man mm-hmm. who i used to be with telling story i'm gone fbi yeah how can i do a citizen's arrest absolutely give me a new- <laughs> like no absolutely not give me a new life i cannot go another day yeah mm Absolutely what not. is the like and maybe this is a pattern that's not real but i i observe a pattern of this bad bad boy you know like 90s couple that it's like back in fashion so like pam and tommy were like the sid and nancy um but now they're being like copied by mm-hmm. current celebrity like what Absolutely. is this obsession with like these bad boy couples and and also, I'm curious, do you do we know anything about Pam and Tommy's actual relationship? Like, was it just normal oh, I, or were they, like, no. chaotic and no. insane? It was they were chaotic. chaotic. It was chaotic. Yeah. It was super chaotic. Wild. And people loved that. Just like any time Dennis Rodman was caught with a woman. I would love – if you have a PhD about this, please 
write into us. But I feel like straight people every so often revisit either a mythical or real couple for literally no reason other than aesthetic. Like straight people love being um, those bunnies from Space Jam. Buzz. <laughs> what is his name? What yeah, is the bunny's no name? Idea. Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Bugs Bunny and um, oh, him. Lola. Yeah. Zach and um, what's her name from Saved by the Bell? Kelly. Straight people love to bring up couples, like couples that they don't even know and like worship them. Yeah. I think it was just like a time to switch it up. And um, you know how fashion repeats itself every like 20 years. And and so this is just where we're at, you know? Um, I do find it very strange that like early 2000s is like, so vintage now like it makes me isn't it cringe it's so so awful we might get k jewelry we might get letter jewelry back i hope not please no i want the bag horrible jeans that are are in oh yes the jeans are bad yeah but Um, some of it i want you would look good in those we've talked about this i'm Um, absolutely not doing that but thank you what else you got bren before i break down what okay i'll do one more i'll do one more and then we'll call it a day Okay. Um, well, we talked about this already too, so I'm going to stick with the theme here. Tell me, give me the like, where are we with freeing Britney? And follow up oh question: Should we really have freed Britney? Oh my gosh, this is this is a podcast <sighs> in itself, and I think there are yes. free Britney podcasts. We, I think we should. We need have a Britney like, specialist. I, I, I don't know. I, I have so many thoughts about it that I can't even organize them. I don't know where I am because we freed her. And even just saying that we freed Britain, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. In black history month, I like, don't play about the yeah. freedom island. And, and then, yeah. I don't, I don't know, Bren. That's a touchy one. I, I don't, I haven't made my mind up of how I feel other than TMZ's reporting that there's interventions happening. Yes. Got canceled. Which I think are, got yeah. canceled. Which is yeah. weird. Oh, that it got we canceled. Know. It got canceled. That was the latest today that the intervention got canceled. Well, I guess if we know there was an intervention, you have to cancel it because it's not an intervention anymore. No, it's not an intervention. I don't know. I I have to circle back to that one. I haven't made my mind up about that yet. It's, it's, A, feels like none of my business. That's my main takeaway from the whole thing. I said tequila before. I stopped following her on Instagram a long time ago because I felt like I was watching something that was none of my business. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing feels disrespectful. Totally. And it did feel ableist, but then it also felt like some people need support in this world. Like It just felt like such a like hollow narrative of free Britney. And you're like, but also people struggling with things need support. Um. And I have a friend who went through really severe bipolar episodes. I have no diagnosis for Brittany, but reading about the intervention really triggered that for me of like, when you're really afraid for your friends because, you know, for what, because they are not okay, um, it, it's a really tough place. And when they, when they are okay enough that they can choose whether to accept help or not, and you're genuinely scared, it is. It is not like an internet meme anymore, right? And that's what no, right, watching right. all this, I still the highlight for me is that it's not my business, but it's also become such a discourse. And I think I think we've blown it as a culture in this whole mm. thing where we thought we were doing something good and per usual, 
we didn't let it be as complicated. We wanted to simplify it. Right. These hashtags and these things. And it is a messy mess. And, and now we're hands off, right? We made <laughs> Where's it the campaigns now? Yeah. yeah. Called the police to do a wellness check. Like, which it also relationship is wild. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I have to remind myself too that Brittany, I feel very similar to Bren. It's not funny when someone's going through something. And I don't, our, the US is not built to support people who are in a mental health crisis under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. I keep coming and neither back is to pop culture. Pop culture is not either. That right. when you've been, without and like restrained for so long when you get to have your own phone and you get to have access to things and autonomy it feels kind of like developmentally a teenager because you're finding boundary again and so when I'm watching her and I feel uncomfortable well she's gone 10 plus years without having a phone without being able to dance without whatever and I feel I don't know. I, I don't think we give enough space to people to find their own boundary. It, I don't know. It just it feels like I shouldn't be watching this. I, I want Brittany to be well and have the support that she needs and be able to access her like own funding and money. And it's harder for me to see like who is on her side. Like, is her husband on her side or like oh, God, the wedding a- felt kind of weird? I was like, I know you yeah. haven't seen these people in years. Also, they didn't speak up about you like. I don't it's know. a lot. It's very, it's very layered for it sure. Is. I want very her to layered. be happy and well. She deserves, like, we all deserve that. But yeah. I feel like there's an extra hell that Britney went through in the aughts because of the way paparazzi culture was in its ultimate flop era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess stay tuned, but wishing her good vibes yeah. always. Always. Much health and support and good vibes. Yeah. I want her to just drop the whole, everything and move to an island and live her best life. That would be great. Like, I mean, and dance wherever she wants. Delete your Instagram. Is all she wants yeah. to do. See yeah. her kids. Yeah, She's a woman of worth, as yeah. she said, for sure. Um, and to bring it up just a tad, <laughs> okay. I will say that my pop culture news moment uh, is the um, shout out to Beyonce for breaking records with the Grammys. That's amazing. And then also the Jen, uh, Jen and uh, Jen- Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck moment where she's scolding him in front of the camera. <laughs> um, two things that I just have been chuckling about this week um, and laughing at the hilarious um, body language experts that have been interviewed for the entire week ever since that happened at the Grammys. So yeah, Moments Body to laugh. Have never been so booked and busy. As never. They have never. Been so They're I'm having so happy a for moment. Them. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. Thank you for t- thank you for ending us on that note because yeah. the Grammys were a source of joy and delight. Talk totally. about them. Also, and like a complete hip-hop. mess. Like I didn't Ugh. I didn't feel fed by any means of the word. I felt sad actually. <laughs> I was like, this is. The looks didn't eat the way I wanted it to. The Migos getting in an argument makes me sad. Absolutely sad. Beyonce not getting really good. Yeah, album of the oh, Cardi looked the best. That was my personal fave. Mm -hmm. Beyonce not getting album of the year still. And I like Harry Styles. Please don't reach for me. Like that was that was not album of the year. Album of the year is Lizzo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Whatever Mm -hmm. Harry. Okay, delete this. Um, (laughs) just (laughs) it's pit and peak. Pit and peak. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The looks were terrible. We're we're in that era of fashion that I'll be cringing about later. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was great. Um, I like the uh, celebration of hip hop 
love, love, love that. So that was much. fun. So, mm-hmm. I like a Lizzo expe- acceptance speech. She's cute. Me too. She Come is. On. She's very, Mommy very sweet. For her. A little Houston yeah. girly. But the styles, I mean, it does give like T-Swift, yay, Beyonce triangle when she doesn't win. Yeah, but she's the most de- – I don't know. There's so much – we can have joy and anti-blackness living in the same – we can. I just don't want us to. But we have no. joy and anti-blackness like living in the same timeline. Like I'm so happy. And there are also other things yeah. that could be better. No, we don't need to. We don't need to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, happy Black History Month, readers. Yes. February. Yes. Mm-hmm. Until next artists. time, audit girls. We'll see yes, you thanks on for episode listening. three. Thanks for listening. Oh. Pulled up, made my appearance. You can't sit with us. Send me another song if you want it to be different. Never let it near us. And your girl, choose my team because you still live.